This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is the Budweiser Reds Hot Stove League, presented by United Dairy Farmers. The the Hot Stove League is brought to you by the Holy Grail Banks Tavern and Grill, Kettering Health Network, JTM Food Group, Norcom, and by Document Destruction. The Hot Stove League is also brought to you by Cincinnati Bell, connecting what matters. Your tri-state Chevy dealer. Check out their award-winning lineup at your Chevy dealer now. Encore Technologies and Cisco. Salvage Store USA in Wilmington, Ohio. Selling unclaimed freight at huge savings. And by United Dairy Farms, where Highlander Grog Coffee is back for a limited time. Fresher, better, UDF. The Reds are on the now, the Reds Hot Stove League on 700 WLW, the home of the Reds. Welcome into this week's edition of the Reds Hot Stove League with Doug Flynn. I'm Tommy Thrall, and we've got our fearless leader, Dave Yiddy Armbruster, standing by as well. So, a lot to talk about this week, Doug. Certainly some, uh, some cuts were made in Reds camp this week. That's always kind of a tough, tough point in camp because you get to that point, the roster starts to get trimmed down. There were two waves of cuts made earlier this week, um, and there's still plenty more. The roster is still, I think, right around 45, 46 guys uh, left in camp. But but what's this time like in, in camp? Well, spring training, if you have a couple of different looks at it. If you come down here and you're having a real good camp, but they really weren't thinking of you being a part of the team, then they can always say, well, it was only spring training. If you come down and you struggle and they're really not looking at you, they can always say, well, it was spring training. They should have done better. So for what's going on with these kids, you come down here realizing that probably when you look in front of you, you're not going to make the team. The first year I went to camp, I'm not going to beat out Joe Morgan and Dave Concepcion. But what I want to do is look as good as I can for as long as I can, try to do something that will make me stand out from the other guys, whether that be playing well on the field, hustling to a position, getting there early. So everybody here has something to do. In reality, though, you know whether or not you're really going to stick with this ball club before you even get here. Here's some of the guys that have been reassigned. I think the most notable of the two waves of cuts this week, um, the first coming on Monday, there were more on Tuesday, Jackson Stevens. Uh, he was in that first wave uh, along with Jose Siri, an outfielder that I think they feel is, is knocking on the door and somebody that this organization really likes. He looked a little bit overmatched at times in big league camp this spring. Yeah, there's a couple of parts of this game, as you well know, Tommy. There's a physical part, then there's the mental part, and really uh, letting the game slow down for you. Uh, when you get up here, your eyes get real big. Sometimes you think you belong, but in reality you don't. And other times you know you don't belong, so you get really blown away. I think for him it's just a matter of getting a couple more years under his belt, maybe not even that much. He's got talent. I mean, he can throw. We saw the other day he took a couple of stolen bases. He did well. Uh, his hitting has been good. He's one of the top prospects in the organization. But right now he needs to let the game slow down a little bit and work on the mental aspect of it. It takes a little longer for some. He made some big progress in winter ball this year. 
Uh, didn't translate for him so far in the spring. He's a guy that I think this organization expects to hear from at the major league level moving forward. Another guy that was in the second wave of cuts uh, is T.J. Friedel. Uh, Taylor Trammell was also um, reassigned to minor league camp. Those were I don't, I don't necessarily know if those were two of the bigger names in that second wave of cuts, but there's certainly two that are future outfielders, I think, at the major league level, and the organization feels that way also. Uh, you touched on a little bit. When you know that you're not going to make the team, it, 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 I feel like it's still kind of a kick to the gut. Well, it is a kick to the gut uh, because in those days you used to send you down and then the, you didn't get paid, but they'd bring you back up to play the games and to fill in. For some of these kids today, though, they all have agents. They know what their role is going to be. You look around the outfield, though, for a guy like T.J. Friedel, good player, and maybe somebody that we're going to be able to use a lot this year, but where's he going to go? Because you got Kemp that's come over now, an outfielder. You picked up Puig, who's another outfielder. Put those in line with the ones we already have. Shevler is out there. you got Philip Irvin is out there. Now we're going to play a shortstop out there who is such a great athlete. So uh, for TJ, it's just not any room right now, but I love the way he plays this game. He plays it the old-fashioned way, plays hard, hustles every day. One day he will be up here. I know that when you come to camp, there's there, – you're looking through you're looking through a different lens when you're you're observing everything that's going on. What are some of the things that you've noticed because we've heard a lot that it sounds and it looks like a, a different camp this year. What have you seen? Well, I see guys that are going about doing their business. I mean, they're not having to be told to do it. Now, uh, Matt Kemp the other day, just for an example, they were running some outfield drills. A couple of the younger guys weren't putting 100% into it. He's screaming at them from the outfield. That's old school. That's players policing the game and respecting the game. Also letting these young people know that you've got a long way to go if you're going to try to take my job. And part of that is come out here when you do your practice, do it the way you would try to do it in the game. So I like the teaching that's going on from some of the veterans. It's taking the pressure, too, off of guys like Joey Votto. Joey can now just go play ball. The greatest thing that happened with the Big Red Machine years ago and to the Philadelphia Phillies is we had a Pete Rose. Because Pete would do all the interviews. The other guys could just go play the game. When he got over to Philadelphia, Mike Schmidt and Larry Boyd didn't have to do any interviews. Pete did them all. They played the game. That's what I see in some of these veterans that have come over here. Well, it certainly takes some pressure off some of the other guys Absolutely. in the clubhouse. And the clubhouse seems like it has a different dynamic than perhaps it's had in years past. Yes. Uh, it, it's a little more loose. Uh, it's certainly a lot of Latin music. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> I come in there doing the salsa, man, feeling pretty good. Uh, but, yeah, it's very loose, but it's very professional, too. Uh, you see a lot of camaraderie. And you hear David Bell when he has team meetings talk to these guys. It's about playing for each other. Yeah, we're playing for Cincinnati, uh, but we're not playing for ourselves. Let's play for the town. Let's play for our teammates, and let's have legitimate love and like. And I know when, when I am playing ball with somebody who I consider a dear friend, I want to do everything I can to look good and to make them look good as well. Chemistry goes far beyond just getting along with each other. I mean, that, that entails, hey, I'm willing to give myself up for you if you have success. Look at any of the successful teams, and all of them will tell you that we have pretty good chemistry. Now, it may not be off-the-field chemistry because guys may go their separate ways, but once they get to the ballpark, they get together, they play for each other, they know that they have to push each other. It's a, it can be a really good thing for a ball club. And it seems like that just boils down to everybody going in the same direction. Yeah, it is, and sometimes it takes a little while to get that. But 
what I'm seeing from the leadership of the ball club, that's exactly what they're trying to push. And I like it when I'm seeing the veterans that are tar- starting to take charge of this ball club. And, and they're veterans that have success the major league level and it seems like when they speak what you want to see is young guys listen and that's what we've seen so far well you don't anoint yourself a leader you either are one or you're not one and you can tell people and try to be a rah-rah guy but if they don't respect you they're probably not going to follow you (laughs) plenty more to get to on this edition of the reds hot stove league coming up we'll hear from reds executive and the father of reds manager david bell buddy bell will be on the show also We'll talk with Reds broadcaster Jim Day. He's got a new podcast, so he's going to share all that you can expect throughout this season of the Jim Day podcast and and what you can look forward to there, some of the guests he's already had, some that he's looking forward to coming up. So plenty more to get to on this edition of the Reds Hot Stove League from Goodyear Ballpark in Goodyear, Arizona. We're down here at Red Spring Training on the Reds Radio Network. Welcome back to the Reds Hot Stove League presented by Budweiser and UDF. By the Reds Pick 6 plan presented by McDonald's and receive an exclusive oversized Joey Votto bobblehead. You can pick any six Reds games, including Fireworks Fridays and Bobblehead Saturdays, while saving up to 25%. Plus, you get six free McDonald's extra value meal vouchers. For tickets, visit reds.com slash 150. And boy, do I have the distinct pleasure today of being joined by Reds broadcaster James Day. Jim, wow. thanks so much for being on with us. How are you today? James, I feel like I'm in trouble. That's my mom or my wife will go James when I've done something wrong. So, uh, James, all right, <laughs> let's do it. It's the very sophisticated <laughs> introduction. Yeah. Well, let's talk about this uh, this camp. It's been a lot of fun so far. Um, obviously, the wins and losses, I'm sure, are not where Reds fans want it to be. And, and I don't think ordinarily that that matters much, but, but it's just nice to know with all the optimism. It would be nice to have a few more wins, but it, it's important for us to keep in mind, and I think fans to keep in mind, wins and losses this time of the year, they still really don't matter, do they? They don't matter at all. I couldn't tell you what the Cubs record in the Cactus League has been over the last five years, and they've had a lot of success. I have no idea what the Reds have done over the last five years. It's really just about um, setting up your rotation, get, getting your hitters uh, at the end of camp to have their timing down, um, staying healthy. Um, so the, the it, there's so many variables in these spring training games, as you've seen. Um, where guys, starters are working on certain things. You don't have a regular lineup. You've got a guy that's coming in that has really no chance of making the club who might give up four runs, and that's the deciding factor in the game. It's situations that you never see in the regular season, so it's really hard to judge wins and losses here. I, I mean, I, I don't even I, – I couldn't even tell you what the Reds are right now. That's how little it matters. I couldn't tell you what the Reds are, and I couldn't frankly tell you what the record of any other Cactus League team is right now. Uh, It's pretty inconsequential. So it's important for that to to be kept in mind despite some recent struggles. Some guys that have looked good, though. Sonny Gray looked good in his first outing. We're going to see him get ramped up a little more. Um, It sounds like everything's on track for him right now. He's one of those guys that you found out right away that he's got that bulldog mentality when people that have been around him. Uh, and the Reds need that. They need some veteran presence in the, the starting rotation, which they've lacked the last couple of years. Um, and if this guy can, you know, turn around what he did in New York last year and you heard some things about, you know, them trying to have him rely on the slider, he didn't want to throw the slider. Um, I think he is just so anxious to go out and prove people that he's the Sonny Gray of old. 
Um, I'm, if he's healthy, I'm looking for really big things from Sonny Gray. It's finally a guy that I think can match up with the other team's one or two starters, which the Reds have not had either. So uh, excited the way he looked his first time out. And uh, just keep him healthy, man. And I think Derek Johnson and him are going to do going to be a really good combination for Gray to have a return season. What's amazing is it's not just Sonny looking forward to working with Derek. I think Derek's just as excited yeah. to work with Sonny in the conversations yeah. I've had with him. No doubt about it. Uh, when you have – there's so much trust that has to be between a pitching coach and a, a pitcher. Um, he's, you know, part psychologist too, especially for the starting pitchers. I mean, they're just a unique brand. So the fact that they know each other and he's confident in Derek, um, that's going to go a long way. I'm looking for a really big season from Sonny Gray. Let's talk about Tanner Roark for a minute because we've seen him now. He, he pitched deep into a game his last time out. Uh, this is a guy, when you talk about a bull, bulldog, I think Sonny Gray is the type that can really anchor a pitching staff. Tanner Roark seems to be a guy that can kind of tie it all together. And he's, he's a guy that when you need somebody to go out and eat up some innings and keep your team in a ball game, he's that. And that is a valuable asset. Listen, they, the Reds have not had an innings eater over the last several years either, um, due to whether it's due to injury or just youth in the starting pitching staff. I was with Tanner on the Reds caravan this year, so I got to know him pretty well over those three or four days. Um, and he's exactly what you would think in, in a veteran pitcher. We sat there and talked about, you know, him giving up home runs as long as they're solo homes. Like, you know, whatever. I gave up a home run. I'm going to get this next guy out. Um, and, again, he, the Reds so sorely need a guy that go at least six innings uh, each time out. He has been that guy. Um, he – actually told me that he made a mechanical change in the offseason, that the ball has never felt as good coming out of his hand as it is now. And he's super excited um, to display that for the Reds, not intimidated by Great American Ballpark. And you're talking about another guy that's in a contract year. I hate to talk about the business side, but it is what it is. When you're in a contract year, man, you have extra incentive to go out there and have a great season. I think the Reds are going to be the benefactor of that. I think that with him, and and we've talked about it with Yasiel Puig as well, but he's starting to swing the bat a little bit better. He had a home run earlier in the week. Uh, I mean, this is a guy that's really starting to kind of hit his stride after maybe a little bit of a slow start. Another example why you can't put a lot of stock in, in the results yeah. of spring training games. But he's looking good, and Matt Kemp is not making the left field decision easy right now. Matt Kemp is a guy, and I said when they made the trade, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be hard. You know, you want to, you want Winker to get 500 at-bats in the season. Um, I don't know what's going to happen in center field. Puig, you, you want that power in right field. But you got to be, like, intrigued about, man, give Matt Kemp a lot of starts. I mean, we're talking about a former all-star, and a guy last year, the first half of the season, was electric. Uh, and he's shown this spring that he still can still run well. Uh, he's a tremendous hitter. Um, last year, the Reds, I mean, they struggled in the outfield. It, it was a, a huge weakness, especially when Winker went down with an injury. The outfield was just, let's face it, especially offensively, it was a weakness. Now, all of a sudden, you're like, wow, how are we going to get enough playing time for these guys? Um, and Matt Kemp is really, really intriguing to give a lot of playing time to. So that's going to be, you know, one of the biggest questions for David Bell. How's he going to get this, these guys enough time? Puig is going to be a guy that if his track record holds true, one month, man, he can, he can carry the club. Might have an off month. Might do some things where you scratch your head. Then the next day you're like, wow, he just hustled out a double. Or he just threw a guy out from the right field corner. Um, so he's going to be up and down. 
but he's bringing energy. I mean, he's an energy guy. We talk about that uh, on the TV side a lot. Um, brings a tremendous amount of energy. Again, as you said, another guy in a contract here. Kemp in a contract here. Alex Wood in a contract here. Now that's a bad thing on the bad end for on the back end for the Reds, but it's a good thing because they're going to be the benefactor of these guys really going out and busting in the butt this year. Well, these are not the points that you'll probably be talking about on the podcast that you're starting up this year. No. That is uh, that is kind of di a, a different direction that you're yeah. going with that. Uh, tell us about the podcast and how this all came together. Well, I've always I, I love doing interviews, and I've you know I've done like long form interview shows in the past, thirty minute shows here and there, and I've had extended interviews with guys like Pete Rose, et cetera. But I've never really had the format to just have an extended conversation where it's a loose conversation and you kind of get to know the person, whoever you're interviewing, behind the scenes, away from the field or away from the broadcast booth. So I, I just set out to have loose conversations with, I think, well, I hope people are interested in the guests that we've had. Um, as we speak, they, we, we just released the Sean Casey episode, and it's literally – it has nothing to do with me. It's all him. It is the funniest thing, one of the funniest things I've ever heard in my life. It is 90 minutes of Sean Casey telling stories. And there is no better storyteller in the game than Sean Casey. So I would, um, I'm looking forward to the format. I think it fits well. And you'll see that we talk, you know, we talk baseball, but we're not necessarily breaking down a guy's mechanics or a swing path. Uh, we're talking about a lot of things, pop culture, again, the things away from the field, getting to know the guys, showing their personality, telling some stories, laughing, a lot of laughing and giggling on it. So I would invite fans to check it out at uh, reds.com slash Jim Day, I believe it is, and or on uh, most of the podcasts, however you listen to podcasts out there. Is there one dream guest that you're like, all right, this podcast is legitimate if you get this guest? Um... That's hard because you've already yeah. had Marty Brenneman, so <laughs> don't 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 build his head up any more than I mean we know that you know we don't we don't need to build him up any more than that. Uh, Casey was was one of them, so I, I chalked that off. I, I would think sitting down Marty and Bob Euchre together. I I think that that is that would be the best programming on the planet. Really, uh, I think you just sit a microphone down there and let those two go back and forth. Well, and literally stay out of the way. I'll just intro it. Hey, how you doing? Welcome to the Gym Day Podcast, and here's Bob and Marty. And get out of the way. That's really all you got to do with those two because they will take care of the rest. And it's amazing how Marty can feed Bob, too, and then, then just oh. let him go. Oh, uh, no, no question. I mean, Marty can be the funny man. He can also be the straight man. He'll put it on the tee for Bob. Um, so, yeah, that would that would be one. I have to think about it more, but that that would that's what the one that comes to mind. So we'll have, to, we'll have to work on it. That's Reds broadcaster Jim Day. When we come back, I sit down with Buddy Bell. He's not just a Reds executive. He's also the father of Reds manager David Bell. That's after this. You're listening to the Reds Hot Stove League on the Reds Radio Network. Welcome back to the Reds Hot Stove League presented by Budweiser and UDF. Registration is open for the official baseball and softball camps of the Cincinnati Reds. Campers receive their own Reds uniform. Instruction from a Reds coach, guest appearance by a current Reds star, free tickets, and more. Register today at Reds.com slash camps and we're joined now 
by Reds executive Buddy Bell. Buddy, you look back on your playing career, and you had a chance to play for some unique people. As you go back and, and you look back on your career and you reflect what you take from the people you played for, given the roles you've had since you've played, what stands out? Well, I don't think there's anything that really necessarily stands out. I think other than the fact that, you know, communication is is certainly a big key to, to anyone's success, you know, whether that's talking to a player or talking to the front office. But I was really fortunate to, to play with some um, some really good managers and guys that I learned a lot from. And two in particular were uh, were from Cincinnati and Pete and, and Don Zimmer. So I, I obviously learned a lot from Pete and, and Don Zimmer was probably the best manager I had had played for. He's a terrific offensive mind. Sometimes we had to talk to Zim about how he treated pitchers, but you know, <laughs> that's another, that's a, another show. But, um, but then I was able to, you know, I, I, I was fortunate to, uh, to play for Frank Robinson, who was the first black manager and certainly an historic event, uh, that, uh, that, you know, it really at the time it, it, I don't know. I just thought, okay, Frank's our manager, whatever. You know, I didn't really, you know, think about the the ramifications or how historic it was, and and I cannot think of of anybody that that could have handled it any better than Frank because it was just, you know, even then I think I, I was at seventy five or something like that where people were still being idiots, and certainly still are, you know, as far as race relations and things like that, but. Um, when you're in the clubhouse, you just you kind of look beyond that. You don't pay much attention to it. But then, historically, you go back, and and um, it really makes a big difference. And other than that, I mean, Frank was is such a competitor, and he um, taught me a lot about winning, and talking about taught me a lot about being a good teammate and things like that. But they, you know, Frank's expectations were were were. A bit lofty at times, and a, a bit unreasonable for a lot of us. But I think I would prefer it to be that way, and and uh, than any other way, because uh, he he expected a lot out of us, and and when it didn't happen, he we heard about it. But you know, it it it, it motivated us for for the most part, and got the most out of us. Unfortunately, we didn't have great teams, and. Gosh, I played 18 years and never made it to the playoffs. The playoff system was a little bit different back then, so it probably would have been different if we had the same alignment. But that's tough to do playing 18 years and not not ever being in a in a playoff. But I certainly wouldn't really wouldn't change uh, uh, any of the, the 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 years that I had for for anything. I the, the people that I met and the, the experiences that I had and the relationships that I built uh, that I still have are, are uh, unquestionably something I, you know, I wouldn't give up for anything. You've got a closet full of gold glove awards. You, you've got a handful of all-star appearances as well. When you look back on your playing career, what, what do you think you're most proud of? Um, that's a good question. I, I, you know, I never really, you know, once it's over, for me it's over, I sort of moved on to the next thing. So I never really look back. I don't live in the past by any means. But, you know, I, th I, I don't know. I think my durability, probably more than anything, I was 
I was able to stay on the field for the most part. You know, I mean, certainly had some injuries and things like that, which I was able to play through. And you know, quite frankly, I'm 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 uh, I'm dealing with that now. But uh, uh, you know, with some some you know, I have a fake knee and a put a plate in my neck and things like that. But other than that, I I think my, the durability and the fact that I was able to to stay on the field for 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 most of the 18 years that I played. We're visiting with Reds executive Buddy Bell and. Buddy, you, you transitioned from baseball player to manager. As we talked about, you, you had a chance to, to play for some great guys. When you look back on, on your managerial days, uh, how valuable was that as you moved now into the front office? Well, I think everybody should have their own style. You know, I, I, I think that's really, really important. I think it's important to be authentic and, and just kind of do your own thing. Uh, but you'd also be somewhat ignorant if you didn't, you know, fall back on some of the things that that you learned, you know, from from certain people. And then, you know, when I moved into the front office, it was it it, it was um, it, it was pretty easy actually because you know as a coach, because as soon as I ended my playing career, I went into player development, which is for me the best education I could have ever had as a as a player I mean I that's really actually my passion player development and 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 teaching young kids not not only how to physically play the game but how to deal with the uh the mental part of the game because there's just so much adversity that you have to deal with you know uh, very seldom do you ever have a perfect game and I don't even remember having a perfect game I always you know, you're always dealing with an out or an error or or a play you, you should have made that would have helped your team win and things like that. So I I, uh, um, I don't know. I had a knack for being that. That's what I cared about. And I think part of my education growing up, my father was a lot like that. The 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 coaches that I had, the the managers that I had were were very similar to that. That they it wasn't really all about them. It was all about how they would teach us the 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 best way to play this game and 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 I was lucky because there's a lot of people out there that could care less about the player or people in general and and uh, I, I was really fortunate to play for people that really cared about the right things also grew up in a house where baseball was a pretty big deal with your with your dad Gus how, how big of an impact did he play and, and and really not just your playing but your whole baseball life yeah I mean I again I was fortunate because I could you know I could pick up the phone and you know, I could talk to somebody that really knew what I was going through at that particular time. And Dad told me a bunch of times he could he could just tell what kind of game I I had by the first question that I asked. You know, it was never, "Hey, Dad, how you doing? I love you." It was like, "God, I faced Nolan Ryan tonight. I, it was terrible. What, you know, you have any suggestions for me, advice, and things like that?" But I, you know, I mean, that was that was a. a, a you know, great advantage that I had that I was able to call him and he could more or less talk me off the ledge and, you know, I could get some sleep and move on to the next day. And, um, you know, unfortunately, a lot of a lot of kids aren't able to do that. And um, But we, you know, Tommy, we didn't um, necessarily talk about baseball a lot. We, you know, 80%, 85%, 90% of the time we talked about life or 
family and um you know it wasn't it wasn't all about that i don't know if it's because you know we just had enough of it or you know we we had other interests and um so i mean we were we were just like any other family i think for the most part i somebody asked me about you know having a father as a baseball player i i quite frankly thought everybody's dad was a baseball player when i was growing up so i didn't i didn't put my dad on a pedestal just because he was a a a, a player i i put him on a pedestal because he he you know i loved him and he was my father so i mean that was just like anybody else you know you're listening to the reds hot stove league presented by budweiser and udf back with more with buddy bell after this Welcome back to the Reds Hot Stove League, presented by Budweiser and UDF. I'm sure you didn't realize the pride that he had in you when you were playing and he was your dad. You've, you've now been able to experience that with your sons that have gone on to play the game at a high level, and, and several have gone on to work in the game as well. How do you put that into words, the pride that you have to see your kids go on and have success? Well, secretly, I, I, um, I feel like I did something right along the way. So, and, and I, and I say that in, in, uh, um, in all honesty, you know, and I'm trying to be humble about that. You know, I, I, cause I see, it seems like kids follow in their dad's footsteps if, if they, they did it the right way. And I, um, of course I had a great mentor, mentor in my, in my father, but I'm certainly proud of all my, uh, children, um, You know, it's funny because my daughter, I have two daughters, um, our youngest daughter, the Down syndrome uh, daughter, so she sort of puts things in perspective. But my oldest daughter, Christy, is probably the glue that kind of keeps us all together. And unfortunately, she's never talked about because the, the, the three boys are, you know, have all played professional baseball and, and, and all have been successful at it. And two are still in the game and David and Michael is the vice president player development for the Diamondbacks. So, you know, she's never really talked about, but, um, she, she is the one that sort of puts everything in perspective and keeps us grounded. So, um, but I'm very proud of, of, of what they've all accomplished and they're all really lucky. They have, um, you know, their, their own families now and their kids and their, their, their spouses are outstanding. So we, we've been lucky in that regard. You've got David here in Cincinnati. Did, did you ever dream, growing up, you're a Cincinnati native, that you would be in the front office and you'd have a son managing the Cincinnati Reds? Yeah, it's it's a, I mean, it's crazy. You know, the the last three months of of uh, uh, of this has been really crazy because you know I uh, pretty much recused myself of the you know, the process, um, because of this and, you know, you try to be objective and, and this and that, and, but, you know, I've, I've always sort of been rooting for this. And I, I first of all, I think he's, you know, he's, I think he's going to do a good job. Um, he's, uh, he's a, he's, he's a good man, but also, you know, tough and, and, somewhat edgy and which which I think you need to be as a as a as a manager but um but it's a it's something I try to not pinch myself because it it, it really is happening but um and I'm I'm going to be there for him but 
But for the most part, I sort of stay away from it because he's got his coaching staff, he's got player development, he's got Dick and Nick and Sam that are, you know, sort of involved. So anytime he he needs anything, I'm always available, like I was when he was a player or a coach or, you know, the vice president of player development for the Giants last year. So I'm always I'm always going to be there. I just, you know, it's just so easy for me to to uh, hover all over him that I – that I make it a point not to, and um, um, but I'm it's it's you know it's really nice to be able to, and I, I think any father or any parent would 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 cherish the opportunity of being able to say, hello, just walk downstairs and say hello to your son every day. That that is without question the the the, the best part of it. At what point did you realize in in this whole thing? David's got a chance to be a, a pretty good major league manager at some point if somebody gives him a chance. Yeah, I think I knew it early on because he he he. I mean, he he has said this a couple times that he really actually wasn't the best player on his high school team. You know, he had a couple other kids, uh, um, uh, Red and and and, um, and Adam, who who uh, were probably better players at, at the high school level. Um, David matured a little later on, but um, he was not—he's not the most talented player who's ever played the game, and he had to really understand the game, really understand how the game worked, and you know, thinking ahead and things like that. So, I, and I think at an early age, I really felt like he really understood the game and understood the nuances of of what it took to to be successful at it, and um, you know. He's been able to play in a lot more playoff games than I have. It, I keep thinking, man, this is this is my fiftieth year in, in professional baseball, and it's already, I think, his thirtieth. So when I think of that, I think, wow, that's, that's you know. So he's really more or less paid his dues. And as a as your son, he's like, well, he's his first major league managerial job, and you know, how's he going to do? Well, he's had a lot of experience. And I think the coaching staff that they put together and the, the player development uh, staff that they've put together and the people around him that, that, that are there to help and, 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 um, and uh, everybody seems to be pulling in the same direction, I think it's, it's, it's going to be a, a successful run. That's Reds executive Buddy Bell. We'll be back to wrap up the Reds Hot Stove League after this on the Reds Radio Network. Welcome back to the Reds Hot Stove League. We are coming to you from Goodyear Ballpark in Goodyear, Arizona. Former Red, Doug Lynn. And I'm Tommy Thrall, and it's uh, wrapping up the show here. Uh, we are getting to that point in spring training now where things are really starting to ramp up, and uh, there's only a couple of weeks left. What are you looking for this week? Well, I think one of the things that you're going to see is you're going to see guys that are going to be getting more at-bats during the game. Pitchers go longer innings. Might be trying to do some steals, some hit and runs. They're going to start getting more into the game situation as they would be when the season starts. Uh, I'm I'm looking for uh, the guy, the pitchers that are going to start stepping up now because it's time. We know that uh, Castillo. Uh, really hoping to see him pitch because uh, he's had a couple of rough outings and now he needs to get in gear. He's going to be our ace, maybe or one of the aces. Uh, Alex Wood. We're trying to see how he's doing. Sonny Gray. It's time for these guys to step up and take ownership of those five guys that are going to be in the rotation. Also, there's some guys that have been struggling down the bullpen. 
Who's going to step up and take charge of being that left-hander that can come in? We know who the right-hander is. Iglesias has been throwing the ball. Outstanding. So uh, I just think you start getting your game in gear. You start getting into game shape, and you start playing the game just like you would when the season starts. I'd like to start shaking hands at the end of some of these games as <laughs> Gotta well. Got to start winning one or two every now and then. That's exactly right. You know, get in the habit of going out and high-fiving instead of just picking up your stuff and heading to the dugout. <laughs> no doubt. Well, uh, we'll probably see Castillo get another start at some point this week. He was supposed to pitch on Tuesday night. That game ended up getting rained out, kind of a weird situation. So we'll see if he gets uh, another start here soon. Of course, today being the off day. Sign your son or daughter up for the coolest club in all of Reds country. For only $30, your child can become a Reds Heads Kids Club member and get an exclusive backpack, jersey, Joey Votto bobblehead, free Reds tickets, members-only experiences, and more. Purchase today at Reds.com slash Kids Club. That's all the time we have for today. For Doug Flynn, I'm Tommy Thrall. Also, our thanks to Dave Beauty, Arn Brewster. So long. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.